The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Well, Royals fans, for me, that's an easy one to get over. As you just kind of admit, you got your tails kicked. No excuses. The Giants went to town on you 11-4. to You get them tomorrow. It's Davo on another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, your dish for Game 4 of the World Series, which is now knotted up at two games apiece. Like I said, 11-4 to Giants. And we could sit here and be like the Baltimore Orioles. Their players and their fans, oh, we got blooped to death. Oh, infield hits. Oh, they found some holes. They didn't really hit that balls that, you know, that many balls that hard. No home runs. Blah, 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 blah. But we're not going to be like that. You know, we're going to admit the Giants whipped the Royals around tonight. That's fine. It's going to happen. It's an evenly matched series. It's the World Series. The Giants are at home. They ain't going down easy. They're two-time world champs in the last five years. So we're not going to sit here and act like the Baltimore Orioles and their players and their fans. We got whipped. But, you know, I think there's some good news tonight. A, it's only one loss. And B, well, the Royals came into this weekend needing just one win, worst case, which they already got. And best case, you get two. You ain't going to sweep the Giants in San Francisco. Best case was always you get two. And the third thing that I think is good news is I think tomorrow could be a very happy night for Royals fans. More on why I think that here in a bit. But let's kind of go through this one real quick. Not that it needs a whole bunch of analyzation and not that you can't do it on your own. Pretty easy to sum up. Both starters were rough tonight. And it kind of became a bullpen game. Ultimately, when the two bullpens were involved, the Royals had a one-run lead, 4-3. to three. As Jason Frazier ended up giving up the fourth run there once Jason Vargas came out in his four-plus innings. More on that in a second. But So both starters weren't good tonight. But the bullpens, it became a bullpen game. One had a very good night, and one had a miserable night. And that was the difference. It became a bullpen game, as so much of the series has been. So we began with Ryan Vogelson versus Jason Vargas. Vogelson, just two and two-thirds. Did I say it's a vocal song? It's vocal song. Did I just pronounce his name wrong? Vocal song. <laughs> My bad on that. Two and two-thirds. Yeah, I love the stat at the beginning of the game. First time in World Series history. Two starters with the last name starting with a V have matched up. Okay. Well, vocal song and Vargas were not good. It's one that's very forgettable for both guys. Vocal song, two and two-thirds, allowed four runs on seven hits. Of course, a huge miss of first base on a play that should have gotten the Giants out of an inning. But you know what? He didn't make the play, and then Omar Infante had the biggest about of the night for the Royals, lining a two-out RBI single up the middle on a 2-2 count. Great at bat by Omar, by the way. One of the, the positives of tonight was his continued good play in the last, well, two series. So Vogelsong was not good tonight, but Jason Vargas, not a lot better. Yeah, his line was better, and yeah... I thought he pitched better than his line. Four-plus innings for Vargas, allowed three runs on six hits. Struck out three and a walk, two. And neither guy was good. But again, I thought Vargas was decent. Okay, that's not true. I didn't think Vargas was decent, but I thought Vargas threw the ball better than his line would show. How about that for a classic Nevios quote? I mean, I agree with him, though. I don't even know if Ned said that tonight, but that's something Ned often says, and I agree with it tonight. I thought Vargas wasn't as bad as his line looked. But at the end of the day, though, you know what? I don't care. He lost the game. He didn't get the job done. That's the bottom line. It's the playoffs. It's the World Series. It's the show-me league, not the tell-me league. So KC, the 4-3 to three lead when they handed it off to Jason Frazier there in the fifth, who got one of the two hitters, allowing a hit 
and that run ultimately came around to score, making it a 4-4 game. And the battle of the bullpens, let's break down the stats. Giants bullpen tonight, six and a third scoreless with five hits, five strikeouts, and one walk. So the Royals just six base runners and six and a third innings against the Giants bullpen, less than a runner per inning. Shut down completely by the Giants. Now, KC's bullpen, meanwhile, five innings, allowed eight runs on ten hits, three Ks and four walks. That's your ball game. Oh, I'm not even going to repeat that line. Jason Vargas, Vogelsong, forget about him. It's the bullpen tonight. Most notably, the three lefties for the Royals. Danny Duffy, Brandon Finnegan, and Tim Collins. I don't think Jason Frazier really had a chance to do much tonight either way. Faced two batters, got a K and then allowed, or not a K, a ground out and then allowed a single up the middle. But Danny Duffy came in, couldn't find the strike zone. Brandon Finnegan and Tim Collins equally as bad. I mean, then yes, like I mentioned earlier, there were a lot of seeing-eye singles. There were some bloops. There were some fortunate places where balls were hit. But at the end of the day, the Royals you and I can admit, have had their share of bloop hits and seeing-eye singles. I mean, they really have. I mean, the Royals have been probably plus five to plus seven in the bloop department since the playoffs began. Things are pretty close to even after tonight, though. I mean, the Giants had a good five or six. I mean, plenty of those balls were hammered. Don't get me wrong. And Casey, you know, fell behind some counts. They, They walked some guys, as we just said, the bullpen, like I just mentioned. You know, walked four. One was intentional, but I'm not going to make excuses here. They got beat bad. Brandon Finnegan needs that hat back that went to the Baseball Hall of Fame after last night when they took that from him becoming officially the first pitcher to make an appearance in the same season, both in the College World Series with TCU and in the Major League World Series with KC. Gave that hat to the Hall of Fame. Bring it back to him. Is that what it was? One plus for Finnegan, the 5'11 lefty, allowed five runs on five hits, didn't strike out a single guy and walked two. And again, he probably deserved much better. A couple of balls off the plate that were hit, you know, for hits that weren't hit hard to lead off in that sixth inning. And then I ultimately got ambushed after getting the two outs by Pablo Sandoval. First pitch, ambushed, base knock, key hit of the game, obviously. And then from there was the floodgates completely opening. Tim Collins came in to finish the game as he should. And I, I've been hearing some people, I'm not even joking. I've read and heard some people say that Ned Yost blew this game. Are you kidding? How, how did Ned Yost blow this game? What, what did you want him to do? Waste Holland, Herrera, and Davis tonight to lose by four or five instead of seven? Who cares? Once you get down five, six runs, it didn't matter. You got to save those guys. I don't think Herrera should have pitched tonight, anyways. The poor guy's going to have his arm fall off soon. So I was glad to see him not pitch. And then once the game was out of hand, you know, you're not bringing in Davis and Holland before the ninth. I mean, you, you got a game tomorrow and a game that you got to win. You got to win one of these two games. So I, I don't understand at all the whole Nedios hate tonight. Nedios did nothing wrong tonight, had nothing to do with this one tonight, guys, for you few people that thought that. But Tim Collins, awful. A guy like Aaron Crow that I expect to not be in the Royals organization next year. Surely there's a, a better spot in the 40. Francisco Bueno, anybody? I'd much rather see Bueno right now on the roster. And that's picking. That's grasping at straws. The 24th and 25th men in this roster are Jason Nix and Tim Collins. Really don't make a big heck of a whole lot of difference. We don't know if Cologne's injured. If, if he's healthy, he should definitely be on this roster over Nix. But again, three games in the National League Park. Nix can play a lot more positions. I'm fine. 
with Knicks over Cologne. The only thing I'm not fine with necessarily is Collins over Bueno, but again, we don't know everything about everything, and I'm not going to really care too much about that because Tim Collins is not pitching in high-leverage situations for the most part. One game in the postseason in a high-leverage against the Angels. So Tim Collins, two innings, two runs, three hits, a walk, and two Ks. He's fringe at this point, which is too bad because Tim Collins was very good for the Royals for a couple of years. And But as so often goes with relief pitchers, they're kind of like rap albums. They're very short shelf life or top 40 you know, albums, pop music. Here today, gone tomorrow. That's how the majority of relievers are, You know, at least being successful. Most of them can't stick for four, six, eight, ten years. A lot of them are just like Lewis Coleman and Tim Collins and Aaron Crow couple good years, and they kind of lose it. Now, hopefully, at least one of those three will will find it again, but I suspect two of those three will not be on the Royals roster next year. Now, offensively for KC tonight, just not a lot going on. Three hits apiece. Good to see that for Salvi and Hosmer. Two for Kane. I'm going to be really, really, really nitpicky right now. This is like 10,000th on the list of issues. I mean, not issues, but 10,000th on the list of complaints. But poor Eric Kratz can't get in at bat in the postseason. What does he need to do? And poor Billy Butler in the two road games hasn't seen in a bat, yet somehow Jason Nix got in at bat tonight. <laughs> I mean, this is like, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I am just kind of find it kind of funny. How awful is Jason Nix with the bat, by the way? I'm sure he's a great guy. I'm glad we have him. He offers a lot defensively, but good grief, he's been brutal since coming over. Hitless and striking out <laughs> half of his at-bats. Yikes. Just a bad night for KC, but you know what? Um, I don't care, guys. We're, it's 2-2. Two to two. This is the World Series. Have fun and enjoy the ride. And honestly, once we went down 0-1, every single one of us would have taken 2-2. Two, two. Because that guaranteed, A, that the series will be decided at home in Kansas City. The Royals now have home field again. And, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's 2-2. It's the Giants. It's the two-time world champions. They they weren't going to roll over and play dead. Now, tomorrow night, I think, could be a World Series game for the ages. And watching this game tonight in front of my big TV with my big sound and all that good stuff, Joe Buck was just awful, wasn't he? I mean, just awful. I mean, did you guys realize? I'm not sure if you realized, but did you know that Madison Bumgarner is pitching on full rest tomorrow? He didn't mention that 27 times during the telecast. <laughs> hey, by the way, there's a base hit there for Sandoval, man. Hey, by the way, Bumgarner is pitching tomorrow on full rest for the Giants. Go, Giants. I mean, it'll be a good game tomorrow, man. I mean, the guy's, like, pulling openly for the Giants. I mean, we we had, what, like, three James Shields, <laughs> you know, comments? And only one positive comment from Reynolds about him. No, it was Verducci, actually, I believe, who who commented on James Shields. Everything else was just, you know, Vogelsong didn't pitch well tonight, man, but Bumgarner will be on full rest for the Giants tomorrow. Man, he's unhittable. But the guy's amazing. He's a top 10 major league pitcher. No diggity, no doubt. The guy's not freaking Sandy Koufax. Get, get over it. He's beatable. The Royals already beat him once this year, which, of course, has not been mentioned by these great announcers. Hashtag sarcasm i mean give james shields some credit yeah james shields has been awful this not awful yeah he has he's been bad i won't say awful because the royals have won all of his starts except for one so we're not going to go that far but james shields has been bad there you go bad this postseason he'll tell you the same thing an era north of seven but at the end of the day assuming james shields is right and healthy at the moment which i believe he is 
do you really think James Shields is going to throw another clunker in his final game as a Royal? Final game before he goes to contract talks. The biggest game of his life. After hearing nothing but talk about Bumgarner, do you really think James Shields won't respond? James Shields has had a couple of rough stretches this year, and you know we saw him with a, a slight dead arm period last year. But but James Shields always seems to come back just when you least expect it with a big outing. I like him in this matchup tomorrow night. Let's talk about it. Madison Bumgarner, yeah, second best lefty in the National League for sure after Kershaw. And some would argue he's better than Kershaw. I wouldn't. I know Kershaw was horrible this postseason, I'm aware, and I know Bumgarner's been great. But Madison Bumgarner is not unbeatable. The Royals already beat him once. And I thought in the in, in game one of this series, I thought in the first four innings, if you go back and listen to my dish, I said the same thing. I thought the Royals had good at-bats against him in the first four innings. They stung some balls. The game got out of hand, and they kind of got hackeristic there in that fifth, and then after that, I think they just kind of threw in the towel at that point. And Bumgarner just got so much stronger. I mean, when you get a big lead like that. I mean, but the Royals had a run off of him there. I think the Royals would have scored two or three runs if that would have been a close game. I really do, off of, off of Baumgartner. And I think two or three runs may be all the Royals need to make this a bullpen game tomorrow night. Because I believe, and, and I would put, if, if there was like an 8-1, to 10-1 to one odd, I would throw a 50-100 spot on James Shields going seven innings, two runs tomorrow. I believe we will get seven innings and two runs out of James Shields tomorrow night. That's my prediction. I believe James Shields will Come back and respond. Last start as a Royal. Call it half gut. But but call some of it even an educated guess. You look back at his starts in his career. He, I mean, come on. The guy's not going to. It's very, very rare in his career that he has two awful starts in a row. His last start was awful. Worst starts is what, 2007? Shortest outing? The three innings we saw at Kauffman Stadium? Three plus innings? Ain't happening tomorrow. You go on the road. A, you don't have the DH, which I like. So that gives him. One less big out to or, you know, one less big bat to worry about. So right there, James Shields has probably an extra inning because you got to assume Bumgarner is probably going to get at least two, probably three at bats tomorrow. Do I think Bumgarner will be good tomorrow? Yes, I think Madison Bumgarner, same thing, seven or eight innings, two runs. I mean, he could even slightly outperform Shields. I mean, as far as the same amount of runs and maybe going an inning longer. I'm not saying Shields is going to run circles around Madison Bumgarner at all. Not saying that one bit. And I'm not saying James Shields is a better pitcher than Madison Bumgarner. I'm not saying that at all because he's not. But I believe in a big game like this with Shields struggling and Shields' last, you know, his last hurrah with the Royals tomorrow, his last hurrah before he goes to the free agent market, and you better believe there'll be some big market GMs in Anaheim and, and Boston and Texas and Chicago who will remember if he once again has a horrible outing, they're going to know the big track record, but they're going to look at all the innings on his arm. They're going to look at his postseason performance. They're going to look at his age. He needs a big start tomorrow for a thousand reasons, and I believe he'll I believe he'll do it. I, I think from talking to people within the organization, one person in, in particular, I'll just say one person, was told he had a very good bullpen today. Yesterday, I should say. Side session. I, he found some things. Let's put it that way. Two things in particular. James Shields found two things in his delivery. He's pitching with a huge outfield with a defense that can run it down. He's facing the pitcher spot, and most of all, nobody's giving him a chance tomorrow. James Shields is very dangerous tomorrow. I believe this game goes into the ninth inning tied. I believe the first team to four wins tomorrow. I say 4-3 tomorrow, whoever wins the game. Possibly 3-2. 
One run win tomorrow with James Shields going seven innings. The good thing is, too, you have your key cogs all rested tomorrow, whereas you could take him out to six if you really wanted to. You've got Herrera 100% tomorrow after having today off. Davis easily 100%. Holland 100%. Frazier 100%. So your big four, not counting Finnegan, who's not available tomorrow after pitching two days in a row and getting rocked tonight. So Finnegan's not available. Probably Duffy's not available, I would assume. Don't know that you want to throw him back-to-back days. I mean, he's kind of your extra inning guy, I suppose. So basically, it sets up to me as you get two innings out of either Davis Herrera if it's close, if it's a tie game. Let's say she'll go seven tomorrow, okay? Let's say it's a tie game. Eighth inning is Davis. Still tied. Ninth inning is Davis. You know why? Because they're, they're saving Holland when they get the lead. Tenth inning is Herrera. Eleventh inning is Herrera. Twelfth inning is Frazier. Then 13th inning would be Duffy or Holland. So in my book, assuming Shields gives you, let's just even say he goes six innings. You're still good. Seventh, eighth, ninth with Davis and Herrera. Tenth with Frazier. You're still good through at least 10, even if Shields goes six tomorrow with your A relievers. And you still have Holland out there on top of that. So really you're good through 11 or 12 tomorrow. So I like where the Royals are at tomorrow. Make this a bullpen game. Tie the game, and let's see whose bullpen's better. I think the Royals will gut out a close win tomorrow. Is it going to be easy? Hell no. And if the Royals lose, should we panic? No. Not at all. The Royals coming home, even if they lose tomorrow. Hopefully they don't, guys. It's, I mean, it's not optimal. Right now, Right now, I give the Royals a 55-45 of winning this series because they're at home the last two, and it's tied. If they lose tomorrow, that probably honestly goes down to 40-60 at that point where you have a 40% chance of winning it at home. But either way... You know, even if we come home with a 40% chance at winning the World Series, I'll take it, guys. Do I want it? No. I want the win tomorrow. But I'm just saying, worst case, I'll take it. So let's just enjoy tomorrow. Enjoy the ride, because that's all we can do right now. I trust in James Shields. I really do. I feel like the Royals will find a way to scratch a couple of runs off of Bumgarner, hopefully work that pitch kind of a little bit. And I think we'll be having a fun talk tomorrow night. I do. I do. Stay positive, Royals fans. We'll talk to you tomorrow night again on Clubhouse Conversation. Go Royals.